listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am your spooktacular co-host, Samael. Yeah, welcome back, everybody, to episode 50. We're finally at the halfway mark. Oh my god. I know. And this one's called, And the Award Goes To. And we're going to be discussing horror at uh, the Oscars, past, present, and future uh so that should be a pretty interesting discussion the oscars just happened this past weekend uh, and i'm sure many of you watched them so uh yeah we're uh we're gonna talk about that in our main segment yes yes very excited for this one but what do we have now barnabas well as always uh we're going to start off with the horror news but uh, we do have to give a quick shout out to Sports Radio Detroit, our hosts. Yes, yes, our gracious hosts. You can find them on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Those are their social media platforms. And that's SRD, Sports Radio Detroit, not Detroit Sports Radio. Get it right. That's right. And you can also visit their website, sportsradiodetroit.com, to check out uh, all of the shows on the network, including Grave Discussions. So, yeah, go check them out, guys. Uh, But we are going to get right into what's been going on. And there has kind of been quite a lot going on. First of all, there's a pretty cool story here about a new Shudder initiative. And this is going to be a new podcast that's going to have full uncut interviews from Eli Roth's History of Horror. So that should be pretty cool. And I haven't gotten a chance to see the, the show yet. But I've heard nothing really but good things about it. So uh, depending on like what kind of interviews and stuff are available, I think it sounds uh, pretty sweet. I've I've heard a lot about Eli Roth's history of horror. Even in these horror groups, a lot of the people are like, yeah, you check out Eli Roth's history of horror. And, you know, I, I don't think I've gotten down to it. But now that it's coming to Shudder, it's a little bit more easily accessible for me. I don't got to go to whatever fucking site to stream that shit and watch it. So you know us with shutter so <laughs> yeah exactly uh, i mean and i'm sure a lot of you have shutter as well of course so uh yeah it's going to be on there it says friday february 22nd actually so it is already out you guys should be able to access the podcast via shutter exclusively for members and the first episode is actually eli roth's complete conversation with stephen king oh my god god yeah so i mean obviously that one should be a really good one dude now i want to watch it we could probably check it out after this shit yeah yeah absolutely i mean basically anything involving stephen king is is interesting yes uh and i I, you know like i said i haven't seen the documentary so yeah i'm 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 pretty pumped about it i want to i want to give like uh two quick brief news because like I don't want to get too in-depth into it. The ones we discussed like earlier. So mm-hmm. apparently they're releasing a three-hour ver- extended version of Nightbreed. Oh, yeah. And then also Blumhouse is looking into making Scream and Hellraiser movies. 
Yeah, I think we actually discussed that before. Did we? That one? Yeah, I believe so. But for some reason, it's like circulating again. I don't know if it's like the same announcement or if it's or if there was like a new development there could have been a new development i'm not sure i think i found it from bloody disgusting but same place where i found the you know night breeds getting a three-hour release and i still haven't watched the regular one even though i have it but yeah no it's it's sick i mean i i I don't remember it super well but i am interested to see like what additional scenes and stuff they put in there uh but yeah i do think that the scream and hellraiser stuff was Maybe it was like rumored before, yeah. so I don't know if it's still rumored, if it's like confirmed. This one said that Bloomhouse said that they want to. Okay, so it's still. Kind I mean, of, I would uh, be down for that as long as like they don't turn Scream into like some truth or dare type teeny yeah, bullshit. No. <laughs> no, it needs to be. It needs. To, it needs to be true to like what Scream is. Because let's. Let, let, uh, for the most part, though, Blumhouse makes pretty decent horror. They're like the king right now. Uh, I would say every six out of ten movies is is fairly decent. You'll get movies like, you know, Truth or Dare that are kind of just, meh. They're just for fun. Like they're not serious movies. They're just like Snapchat filter demons, you know. And yeah, they're pretty bad. <laughs> but I mean, I agree. For the most part, they release pretty good stuff. So if they did take over those franchises, I mean, I think that that would be pretty cool. But it, obviously, it would depend on like what direction they wanted to take it in they would have to take scream away from the tv show direction with the whole because <laughs> the scream tv show had the same type of vibes as 13 reasons why same type of high school yeah. same type of characters you know all of that so it was very like modern teeny kind of stuff which yeah. i mean i guess you know makes sense but at the same time it like primarily appeals to that age range i mean which is honestly typical of most horror that's you know based on like reality and like schools and stuff like that 80s slashers appealed to teens in the 80s you know but to like small town suburban teens like yeah but i still think that bloomhouse could do some cool stuff with it because they have, they have good talent i think so yeah this next bit of news i don't know how i feel just because of the word animated in it yeah so there was an announcement that there was going to be a animated series of uh one fairly popular uh horror property well horror in in air quotes so (laughs) gremlins is supposed to be getting a brand new animated series that is going to be done by warner brothers and uh here's the kicker (laughs) it's uh supposedly going to be on their new streaming platform warner media I think, unless that's just the company that's making it. I don't know, but uh, yeah. So it looks like there's going to be another exclusive streaming platform. And if you're going to want to watch the Gremlins animated series, it's going to be on that. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the premise of the, the series is that it's going to be a period piece that's going to follow Mr. Wing as a young man as he goes on adventures with Gizmo. So that could be kind of cool, I think. You know, it's not present day. It's going to probably take place in, you know, uh, China or I, I guess like all over the place as, as the gremlins get into some misadventures. I don't know. I mean, usually I like animated stuff, so I'm kind of excited to check it out. I'm just not super excited that it's not going to be like really widely available yeah i don't know i just don't know how i feel about <laughs> animated gremlins yeah. show i don't know 
if it was like a real show like with people and stuff i'd probably be more into it then again animation does let you do way more than live action does oh yeah and people so wouldn't be complaining be cool. about cgi and yeah. and i mean to be fair you know gremlins is i mean it gets lumped into horror conversations but it's not like really it's not horror you know it, it's it first of all it's, it's like a, it's a family movie yeah it's like it's like <laughs> and it's funny so it's like family fantasy like that's the best i can yeah. put it like you watched this as a kid because it was intended for you as a kid yeah you, know? you didn't gremlins was like the fucking watered down like critters because critters was fucking brutal yeah critter if you hor- critters is horror if they said yo we're making critters i'll be like yeah Unless they were like, it's an animated show. Then I'd be like, no. Nah. Yeah. Then I'd be like, yo, chill the fuck out with this animated shit. Yeah. But I don't know. know. Look what happens when we take something that's supposed to be animated and we turn it into a movie like Death Note. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Death Note was a pile of dung. I didn't even watch it because I heard nothing but bad things it was about it. dung. Yeah. Mugwin watched it and he's like, it was trash. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. And then it was like, <laughs> wow, I... I thought maybe he's a little jaded. I was like, let me let me give this a chance for my the same shit we did with Slenderman. Basically, you remember? Yeah. Everyone's like, it's garbage. Don't watch it. We're like, yeah. we'll decide that. And <laughs> you know us. We went and we saw it. We're like, I want my eight dollars back. Yeah, I mean, we get we got to check it out, but it was it was pretty bad. You know, unfortunately, not everything is good, even to us because we're pretty optimistic usually about horror movies. Oh yeah, but. and we'll give them a chance. Like even if they weren't like super good if there was a fun horror movie and like it was like an isolated incident and there's not too much cgi i would just be like yeah it was cool but sometimes it's just like yo man slender man what the fuck yeah so i would say if you guys want us to review this new gremlin show shit we'll probably be able to do so but i'll do it yeah as of right now though the plan is to go on to the new warner brothers streaming platform and once we have more information we'll let you guys know yeah yeah and our next bit of news i don't know how i feel the first one was pretty good but this is going to become like a saw thing so apparently they're going to be making escape room every year (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's great and we got one coming next year already i mean this has been like covered before and we even talked about it when we did our review we knew it was going to happen we called it didn't we yeah i mean it was successful you know it wasn't like it wasn't a masterpiece but it wasn't a bad movie no it was fun yeah and and the the whole vibe behind it and i guess the the premise definitely lends to like being able to continue it somehow i don't the thing is i don't know how they're gonna like approach a sequel i was gonna you know? say yeah is it are they just gonna like since they were since the you know society that conducts this since they disappeared you know at the end of the first one spoiler alert are they going to just go somewhere else and do this to some other people or is it going to go in depth on the survivors tracking these people down that's what i'm thinking because that's essentially all that the ending set up so if they didn't i don't know i I think it would be cool if they made like another one where they do it in like another country or like another Mm -hmm. location and then the third one would be here here's here's my here's if, my if the second one's good enough yeah here's my prediction okay there was no resolution so i felt kind of yeah well here's my prediction okay because they set it up that way the sequel is probably going to be something along the lines of it's going to follow the two leads from the last movie as they you know go and like try to find whoever's behind this like you know organization or whatever they're they're going to get sucked into another 
escape room situation. Yeah. And then they're going to be like the veterans and they're, they're like, we've been through this before. And then somehow they like approach, you know, their, their goal and like find out, who, you know, some shit. Like and then that. there's going to be one other member of the group. That's a new member. No, man, yeah. fuck these people. We're not even, we're not going to listen to them. What if they're the ones doing this to right, us? Right. Like, you know, like yeah. the stereotypical kind of cube, like, well, yeah, not really. Cause I don't, cube was relentless though. Cube yeah. was fucking great. I mean, I guess technically it would be kind of like Saw, because Saw had those v- similar moments, like with people oh, yeah. who have already been in the in the traps before, and you know, shit like that. So, like I, Amanda, except she was kind of like the spy in the second one. Yeah. You know, like two was fucking fire. Yeah, I mean, the first like three were really good. So, I mean, yeah. I you know, I, I predict that they're gonna go along a similar like plot route. I guess I want to say. I guess we'll see. If if they don't, I feel like it's just not going to make any sense given like the ending of the first one. But they want to make it a franchise, so they're going to have to do something. But yeah, Adam Robitel, who directed the first one, is going to be coming back to direct part two. So at least that is like pretty hopeful, you know? Yeah. I don't know. So uh, yeah, be on the lookout, guys. Apparently, it's going to be releasing April 17th. 2020 so it'd be cool if m night Shyamalan directed it and at the end they're like we're not a secret organization we're aliens and fucking <laughs> oh man fucking mel gibson makes I, an appearance and shit honestly if they did that i wouldn't even be mad because <laughs> that would catch me off guard that would that would catch me off guard too that would be great yeah, where well, is Shyamalan anyway uh, he's doing i don't know <laughs> he just made glass he's gonna he, he yeah and he's probably gonna chill out for a minute mm-hmm. we need horror movies from him enough with this fucking be like the village too <laughs> right like there's people dressed as deer we are yeah. santa's slaves oh, slaves i don't want to think about the next m night Shyamalan failure no man the happening was already fucking yeah well let's talk about something uh that's probably gonna be way better we've got a couple trailer announcements for you guys yes the first one is about Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. This one releasing April 1st on CBS All Access. The trailer is out. And uh, what I like about the trailer is that it kind of shows you a lot, but it really doesn't show you anything. Yeah. <laughs> it just uh, has lots of like little clips from presumably different episodes, but it really doesn't give away anything really as far as like plot or anything like that is concerned but uh one big takeaway is that the adam scott led nightmare at at twenty thousand feet like i guess reboot really doesn't look anything like the original at all really yeah because he's like outside of an airplane in almost every clip we see him in and there's a bunch of crazy shit so it's it's not gonna be exactly (laughs) like it Okay. At least as far as like this trailer shows, but but yeah, it would be crazy if it was in, if it was in black and white. That would be like it doesn't, so, doesn't would, seem to be. I know, but it would be dope. They honestly, I wouldn't put it past them to do like one episode in black and white, but everything is in color. I don't know. That would be a trailer. Just just make one episode black and white and use like really old like fifty style cinematography. You know, yeah. like only medium shots, like no panning shots. Like that's it. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I can see it now. I mean, hey, I wouldn't like I said, I wouldn't put it past him because he loves the show. Oh yeah. Uh so maybe you will get like a a cool episode where that happens, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I I really couldn't tell what was happening in like any of these 
story so i'm pretty excited to go into it yeah the, the, the fact that it was vague is perfect yeah april 1st on cbs all access the next one is called the field guide to evil Ooh. And this is coming out march 29th uh, apparently all over the world and this one actually looks dope it's a horror anthology there's eight chapters in this anthology and they're all based on like folklore that's native to eight different countries around mm. the world and there's so there's eight different directors from all over the world uh including the director of the lore i think the director of baskin as well oh shit is supposed to be directing one of the segments so pretty excited yeah it's only horror, horror anthologies are making a comeback yeah so march 29th be on the lookout and the last trailer is for a new documentary that you can argue has relevance to horror or not i think it does a trailer for a new documentary called hail satan <laughs> question mark yeah so this documentary is basically about kind of the the come up of the satanic temple in america hmm. and it's pretty cool it actually has like a humorous side to it <laughs> because as they talk to a lot of these like satanic temple members like they, they're actually pretty funny kind of and uh it just has a very like humorous tone to it which is kind of weird considering this topic but i think it's meant to basically say that like hey we're not you know bad people and it does also talk to like you know people who are christians and other people who have you know different feelings about the satanic temple and stuff we're going to move on to our very first segment of the episode where we're going to discuss a cult horror movie and our thoughts about it and we're going to do so in the cult corner. And in this week's cult corner, <laughs> we have a true cult classic, Boils and Ghouls. It is an American werewolf in London. Oh my yeah. lord. And this was my first time watching it since like 2000 probably, to like 1999 back when my sisters were both still living here like mm -hmm. and that's when i was watching it on fucking cable like, like on usa or some shit you know one of those like i don't know sci-fi i think sci-fi played it oh before. yeah they played the howling a lot though back in the day i yeah. remember that's another yeah. movie i haven't watched in forever oh i watched it pretty recently it's it's still fucking great i mean that and like an american werewolf in london are usually considered like the top two like werewolf movies ever Maybe Dog Soldiers is in there, but yeah. American Werewolf in London, though, to me, is probably the number one. And it's, I would say, usually it's in, like, my top five horror movies ever. It's just masterful from pretty much, like, beginning to end. And uh, I actually kind of, like, paid more attention to it this time when I watched it. I noticed right at the beginning, when you see that, like, beautiful, like, landscape imagery, the song that's playing over it, that Blue Moon song. Mm-hmm. It's completely about, like, becoming a werewolf, basically. <laughs> Fucking Bobby Vinton. So, we, uh, yeah, right, all what, that shit's What I liked is right off the bat, like, we kind of got a hint at the wolf thing because there was a bunch of sheep. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and the, the slaughtered lamb yeah. as well. I mean, yeah, there's tons of... The, this movie, right from the beginning, basically, Meta. was in your face, like, wolves, this is a werewolf wolves, movie. We have wolves. What do we have? We have wolves. <laughs> like, right off the bat. And then what really took me off guard 
because I had completely forgotten because like mm-hmm. I said when you when you watch a movie only once and you're small you kind of only remember like some certain scenes like with monsters and or like the transformation mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did not expect like 13 minutes into the movie <laughs> Jack got torn the fuck up yeah he got fucked up and you saw the werewolf I mean, at least like a little bit and then when that gang strolled up and just popped the werewolf yeah. like 15 times. <laughs> he turned back into a human. I wasn't expecting you know? uh, Jack's death to be so fucking brutal. Yeah. For like an 80s film, right? This is fucking ridiculous. And, and it came out of nowhere, too. They yeah. were just like running. You didn't see anything. They were looking around. And then basically it was just super sudden it was just boom the werewolf was there and he like fucking like snapped on jack's neck and took him down and then david just started running away yeah, i don't blame like, him i don't blame, I don't blame him either that's a fucking bro if a bear attacked bro if a bear attacked me i'd be screaming at you to get the fuck out of here yeah, like, if i didn't have like a like a gun like a 12 gauge shotgun exactly or run what the fuck yeah. what are you gonna come up to with a fist come on buddy come here come here come here like your fucking popeye or like, something you know what's gonna happen i'm gonna attack the bear and then we're both gonna die <laughs> he's gonna kill you and like claw your neck out or something yeah. and then he's just gonna throw me off like i'm a 12 pound child yeah, exactly and fucking maul me and then we're both gonna be dead but I mean, this movie, like we were saying, right off the bat, just tells you it's a werewolf movie. Oh, yeah. And tells you that it's a comedy. I mean, just the, the dialogue between David and Jack. Oh, yeah, right off the, right off the yeah, bat. Yeah, it's hilarious. I love her. You want to fuck her. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then they told that, like, knock-knock joke. Oh, yeah. You yeah. got to start it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, knock-knock. Who's there? Who? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. no, no. <laughs> that was, I don't know. That was funny. I man. did that to someone before. I was like, all right, I'm going to tell you a knock-knock joke, but you got to start it. They'd be like, okay, but all right, go. They're like, knock, knock. And I'd be like, who's there? And then they'd just be sitting there for like 10 seconds. I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> That's what he was trying to do, yeah. but you know, no, da- David, David's too slick. They, they instantly had like amazing chemistry i think that's what made yeah. this movie really good too because that's why i was upset it was with, just bro, supernatural they had like the chemistry was so good between the two friends that that's why it, like fucking shocked me when fucking jack died right off the bat i was like i was legit like yeah. what the fuck like but then he came back as like a spooky ghosty yeah. and then i was like all right you know I think redeeming like quality a, i think he was like a ghoul almost but yeah just like yeah he was like a spirit trapped in limbo or then whatever he, then he was bringing uh david the other spirits we can't die unless you yeah. die fucker like yeah. kill yourself like no i mean honestly like this movie you know kind of made you think a lot because apart from the obvious like iconic moments in this movie with like the transformation and the ending you know uh most of the rest of this movie was just like these nightmare scenes yeah and it was all this like psychological shit in his head and that's he what was just so- butt naked just eating deer yeah <laughs> dude or when he the f- classic scene with the fucking nazi werewolf yes mutant they things. just broke through his fucking door his entire bro they killed his entire fucking family and like set fire to his house and then, like, they had him by knife point and just forced him to watch. That shit is scary. Imagine watching that as, like, a, a seven-year-old, bro. That I mean, like, dude. 
That was some shit. That would be insane. It was a funny dream though. I was like, why are there werewolves oh, yeah. shooting up his but, house? But the dude, the makeup on oh, yeah. those on those uh, things, dude, that was so incredible. I thought it was dope, yeah. especially for like 1981. Mm-hmm. Let's be real, because yeah. honestly, anything that wasn't Savini mm-hmm. back in like the 80s was usually like shitty special effects. Yeah. So, I mean, look how look how ahead of its time the Friday the Thirteenth movies were in like terms of like the gore and like yeah. the realism. Well, dude, this one, I mean, this one in, did well in relation to our main discussion is an Oscar winning movie. Yeah. Yeah. Best makeup on the part of Rick Baker, who I feel like is uh, overlooked sometimes, but is also a master. Obviously, he's he won an Academy Award for, for I think, actually numerous times. So the makeup in this movie is absolutely iconic and i mean we could talk about the transformation scene all day long but that's obviously the standout of this movie oh yeah well i remember when you told me you were at the part yesterday where like uh he started transforming and shit and i was like damn it took that long you're like yeah yeah but then once it started happening and like his hands started elongating i was like oh fuck like yeah you're really in the in the fucking it was dope. driver's seat at that yeah. point you know like, <laughs> man, going, like fuck i feel you bro jesus <laughs> And it went, yeah, it went on for so long. It was just excruciating. Yeah. And it was all practical effects. You know what was like, it even more excruciating? Like, his pain started, like, before the transformation. Like, Dude, it was it was so funny, though. It's like he was dying. He felt like he was yeah. dying. And then all of a sudden, the worst of it still hadn't come. No, but the scene where it, like, happened, it just, it was right after uh, the nurse was, like, putting that kid who just always says no. Yeah. No. <laughs> everything she was putting him to bed and the next shot is like david and i think he's like reading a book or something and he's like sitting in the chair and he just looks like kind of normal and then he's like ah <laughs> and then he just fucking starts flipping out he's all sweaty all of a sudden and you're thinking like what the fuck like if you've never seen this movie before right you're thinking like what the fuck is going on yeah you know like is he just messing around or something or is and he then, fucking crazy yeah and then what is fucking the bones in his hands start growing out. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that I've, oh, shit. <laughs> Once his ha- hands started growing, that's like when I had immediate sympathy mm. because that shit looked very uncomfortable. Yeah. Like All of it looked <laughs> super uncomfortable. <laughs> At the movie theater, it was even worse. Yeah, Ima- <laughs> Imagine your like, jaw like stretching out like that. Oh, Dude, that... Ugh. Maybe that's why he's so angry as a fucking werewolf. Yeah. My fucking bones hurt, man. Dude, he was absolutely ruthless. Dude, he killed like fucking, what, the first time he went out, he killed like six people? Yeah. He killed- Six fucking people, bro. Yeah, he killed six people, and then I don't even know how many he killed. Uh, dude, he decapitated that police captain oh, at yeah. the end. That was sick. As soon as, the first dude got it the worst, when as soon as he jumped through that fucking, that barricaded door or whatever, yeah. like, the first dude got it, like, right away, he didn't even, he didn't even try to jump out and, like, run past some people, turn around, he jumped out and immediately grabbed the dude, come here, motherfucker, ah! yeah, like, uh, I mean, pretty much everything in this movie is iconic, the score, pretty, like, every song is about werewolves, that's the thing, like, you go through this entire movie, basically, if you have any like you know logical sense (laughs) knowing that it's a werewolf movie and like seeing all this crazy shit happening but there isn't really a lot of werewolf stuff it's just like allusions to werewolf stuff and he's like going crazy and shit but you know it's a werewolf movie you know he's gonna transform it still comes out of nowhere at you for me like and then it's just full throttle 
The best part of the whole movie for me was uh, when he wakes up in the zoo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, that was, I was just like, wow, this is great. And, like, he's unharmed. The animals are just, like, staring at him. They're like, yeah, we ain't fucking with this guy. We, we know what you are, buddy. And he's like, hey, what's going on? I wonder. If I woke up naked in the zoo next to fucking man-eating animals, I'd be like... After being attacked by a, a wolf? I'd be like, what do these guys know about me that I don't know? <laughs> yeah. they No, they were just hanging out. His relationship with Alex, though, was like kind of unfortunate, too, because like, he loved her, and then mm-hmm. she had to watch him get gunned down. Yeah. I mean, that was... Honestly, that was a really heartbreaking scene. That was fucked know? up, yeah. Yeah. She really tried to confront him, but in the end, dude, the fucking... The Blue Moon song came true because that whole song was like, you know, uh, basically like when you're lonely, like the moon is your, your only friend. Yeah. You know, basically. And I mean, he fucking transformed. He couldn't do anything. He embraced the werewolfness and... uh yeah, at the end, he was all alone. He got gunned down, and he was just like an animal. So, I mean, there's a lot... Honestly, the, the, dude, the, honestly, dude, like, there's a lot to unpack in this movie, and I think the writing is just amazing. Yeah, I think so, too. The dialogue was, like, super important, too, like, mm-hmm. throughout the movie. Like, you have to pay attention, like, how they sort of dismiss all the werewolf theories and stuff, and it's just, like, a real-life situation. Like, all right, this dude got hit by a werewolf this isn't no this is no myth type of bullshit Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to get killed by his true love or he doesn't have to get hit with a silver bullet he just needs to fucking die that's it yeah that was the cool part too is that they they could just gun him down exactly (laughs) because i thought like the whole silver bullet thing was kind of cliche like why silver like yeah because silver is well a lot of like a lot of like you know myths and urban legends and stuff kind of have some like magical elements yeah I guess. you know so there i don't know there's gotta be something that's how the whole you know garlic and yeah, crosses and shit on you know vampires that's so you know, fucking right? stupid yeah i mean because the original origin of of vampires is nothing like yeah, what the modern perception is yeah no for real like, and werewolves is the same thing anyway american werewolf in london i'll just say absolutely incredible deserves to be a cult classic and yeah it's it's one of my favorite horror movies ever i think it's probably above the 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 point of being a cult classic just because that oscar yeah it's legendary Every, everyone oscar. everyone knows this movie who watch who's actually into film mm-hmm. like you won't find a film student at all who doesn't know american werewolf in london and the jump dude probably one of the things that i think doesn't get talked about enough with this movie this is my last point is that the jump scares are actually scary oh yeah they're work. legit yeah, yeah. Every, you never expect a werewolf to just pop out of like the side of the frame and start eating a person you yeah know? honestly because like in, in modern movies when the jump scare is coming mm-hmm. it'll be like tense music someone's walking slowly through a hallway there's a shot behind them then they take a few steps now the shots from in front of them mm-hmm. looking behind them and then all of a sudden something pops out after like the score stops and there's like a moment of silence and then the character turns around this one like right off the bat we're like we're running from something we don't know yeah. what it is and then it just jumped out and it's like kind of indicative that something's gonna happen but you never know when yeah you know like later on when uh that one random couple is like walking along and for some reason they're like yeah let's go all the way around yeah. <laughs> to surprise our friend and of course they go around 
the guy like i don't know what is it like he does he hear something i think so yeah and so he like goes off to look and then he's like looking so you're like okay so you know and then boom like he just pops out that was the best yeah yeah that shit was great dude like it's uh, the jump scares actually work and i think that that's definitely like one of the biggest benefits they're actually out of the blue like yeah well and like you mentioned obviously the the oscar for best makeup of that year and it had to have been honestly like because there was some dude like it looked legit like when he was getting tore up by the wolf at the beginning i was my shoulders were like i kind of put my shoulders up like you know what i mean like i was kind of like not cringing but like oh shit like yeah and then especially since it was serious since david started running away too i was like oh my god he's getting tore up like like that and you're gonna just fucking run away like the next very next shot that we saw of jack that was fucked up I mean, he was, yeah, he was brutally like butchered. It was fucked up when David woke up in the hospital. He's like, "Where's Jack?" Like, eesh. but all around, just amazing makeup and everything. And actually, a lot of horror movies in general have mainly won Oscars for makeup and hairstyling, and you know all mm-hmm. that. And you know, sometimes like art direction. But uh, we're going to expand on that topic a little more in our main segment. But first, a couple words from some other SRD shows. Hi, this is Chris. And this is Roger. And if you like Tigers baseball, Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball, analytics, pop culture references, movies, sports, food, check us out. Look for Tigers SRD on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Bryant. Catch me, E, and Brian on Pearson's Peace, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio Detroit Network, CRB, on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else you can find podcasting. So when looking at horror at the Oscars specifically, really just because, you know, it just happened and it's kind of the pinnacle of you know all the movie awards <laughs> basically all the hollywood ass kissing <laughs> yep the the top of of that which is the top of the movie industry basically so it's still important to talk about obviously you know a lot of people don't watch the oscars i didn't watch it this year well but most people a lot of people still kind of care about what wins and what doesn't win but i think we all know that it's essentially a sham is mostly a popularity contest oh yeah really a lot of it you know sometimes the the rightful winner wins but not every time i know a lot of people didn't feel that way about a lot of uh this year's winners especially like best picture but yeah uh horror did not have a great showing at this year's oscars Uh, there were only i mean it depends how technical you want to get with the term horror or labeling something horror but a Quiet Place was nominated for Best uh, Sound Design. And then there was another movie, and I don't remember which uh, category it was nominated for, but there was this movie called Border, which was kind of like a... almost like a fantasy, like fairy tale type-ish horror movie, kind of. Uh, so, I mean, it depends if you want to count that or not. But yeah, not not really that, that strong of a showing this year. Damn. Which is uh, really unfortunate because, you know, like like we said. I thought Hereditary was fire, especially Tony Collette. Yeah. That that was people's biggest snub, like her not getting nominated for 
that the dude who played peter did good too being the very distraught mm -hmm. son like, he actually he was a really good actor i don't know why people are overlooking him yeah Be like besides his crying <laughs> yeah. that was pretty garbage he, but he, he actually won the best supporting actor at the uh for the fangoria chainsaw, chainsaw awards yeah. yeah i saw the chainsaw Tony awards Collette i'm, I'm glad actress. of course she did i i was kind of upset that jamie lee curtis wasn't up there for anything though yeah I, but she kind of didn't have enough like dialogue in the michael movie she had like her yeah i just feel like she didn't really have that big of a presence almost yeah her granddaughter you know? was the main character in that you know yeah. so i mean like she was there but Allison. That, that's a whole other discussion but i i kind of agree i mean she is iconic of course but james jude courtney should should have gotten an award for best movie villain of fucking 2018 yeah was that even a category no that should have yeah, been he, so. he would have got it for sure no one was better than hey, michael Fangoria, if you're listening let's do that come on best villain i th i think they may have had something similar but i don't know i don't know james jude courtney was a, he was like I was I was reading a Nick Castle interview mm -hmm. and he said uh he's like you know I'm 5'10, you know, Courtney's 6'3, so my Michael was more like a panther while his was like a lion. Like I you know obviously that's not a category at the Oscars, but but yes, I mean that did happen and for horror fans the Chainsaw Awards was great. The Oscars not so much though. So, you know, if you know anything about horror at the Oscars or really anything about the Oscars, it's I don't want to say like elitist. I mean, it kind of is, obviously, because everyone in that room is is rich. But I mean, it, it's very centered on like drama, and I mean, not even necessarily artistry. It's just a lot of really like safe dramas yeah. with with power, no doubt, powerful performances. But like, I don't know, like it's like Manchester by the Sea and Green Book. Like, eh, I think most of those movies right. are trash, mainly because like. <laughs> they're uninteresting as fuck they really kind of are but i mean a lot of movie going audiences like just sitting there and watching drama that's because you know? <laughs> the, the only people that nominate these movies and put them up for oscars and shit are like 90 year old white dudes like oh yeah it's it's dude that's all it really kind of is you know just like that's yeah. all there is that's why i don't give a fuck about i mean look what bro leonardo dicaprio won his first oscar recently yeah recently bro i know and he's one of the goats uh, there's no doubt that a lot of it is a popularity contest, of course, if not all of it. I mean, there's there's been stuff that's that's won before. I mean, obviously, a lot of the horror stuff that's won arguably should have won. This one I, I super agree with. Uh, best Original Screenplay by Jordan Peele, The Get Out. Yeah. And then Natalie Portman got Best Actress in Black Swan, and I totally agree with that. I watched Black Swan recently, and like mm. she did a fucking great job. Oh, like, yeah. Dude, and... Black Swan was one of the six horror movies ever, if you count Black Swan as a horror movie, which I do in some capacity. It's a psychological yeah. horror, yeah. yeah. Ever to be nominated for Best Picture. and uh, I mean, it was a very, it was done very well. That's probably one of my favorite horror movies. And see, th this is the thing. I, there was an article I read when I was reading about like the history of horror at the Oscars that really kind of said it, I think, right a lot of horror that is able to come to the Oscars that does well actually is horror that kind of disguises itself almost as non-horror. Yeah. Black Swan is a perfect example because it is largely drama. Silence of the Lambs, the the only best picture winner 
in horror history ever. I mean, it is a horror movie, but you know, it's definitely I think billed as like a crime thriller, yeah, that kind of thing. And I mean, there were uh, some other ones, of course, The Sixth Sense. That's I mean, it's still safe movie. Did Jaws ever win anything? Jaws uh, actually won best film editing, best original dramatic score, and best. Because I was about to say, because that that was fucking fire. Yeah, and Jaws is a horror movie, by the way. Oh, it is. For all these assholes. <laughs> it's an adventure. What? What is that? What is yeah. adventure? Is that really a genre? I'm going to challenge you to not be scared when a shark is coming at you with bro, its mouth open. Bro, anything eating you is a horror. Yeah. Anything. I don't care if it's a regular old lion. You getting eaten hey. by a lion is horror. Anaconda is a horror movie. Anaconda? Sorry, folks. I love Anaconda. <laughs> Dude, that, I used to watch that when yeah. I was like in first grade. Mm-hmm. Like, I had it recorded from the USA Network onto a tape, onto yeah. a VHS. Oh, dude, that shit is great. Dude, Anaconda yeah. was sick. Anything with a monster. Lake Placid. Honestly, anything with a monster or, like, a creature or animal eating you is horror. I don't I don't care if adventures... Well, what's an adventure movie? Tell me. It's either comedy, mm-hmm. horror, drama, or action, okay? There's nothing. But Jaws was pretty realistic yeah it was you that's know, why it was so fucking a lot of really and it was steven spielberg too so i mean you know at that point pe- people knew that he did everything pretty much oh yeah so uh but then you know we had stuff like the exorcist nominated for best picture as well uh and won for best adapted screenplay and best sound mixing so there has been a lot of success throughout the years actually when you when you really look at like who's been nominated and who's won but just like the overall representation is not usually there it's usually like one or two movies if any that make it and yeah i think it's just those like old heads perception of like what is a good movie because if they see a horror movie and they see people getting butchered or crazy shit happening then they're like oh no this is blasphemous like come on man like a lot of horror movies are actually really like really impressive displays of filmmaking. I'm surprised you know? like shit like Antichrist didn't get like an award cuz that was a really strong fucking movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was super super creative. The cinematography was really innovative. Dude, and like the the vibe of the whole movie. Yeah. Like I don't know what it was about that movie, but like there's something sinister like just just waiting in on the same level as Willem Dafoe and his wife in that movie. Like there was yeah. something there. You know what I mean? You just can't pinpoint it like mm-hmm. like when they went to that cabin, like it just felt like there was something wrong like in the air. Mm-hmm. It's about chaos reigns. I know that part was, you know, but what does the fox say the fox says chaos reigns <laughs> yeah but still though the rest of the movie was like very disturbing and then i think the violence is there to just justify like the mm-hmm. the whole dark tone of the movie so yeah. that you know that there's actual like danger of course it was allegorical and whatnot about like toxic masculinity or something yeah even though like she's the one who let her son die but you know I speaking of like stuff that you would have liked to see nominated, I probably can think of a few. I mean, I guess I would say I don't know. Reanimator was really good as far as like the practical effects go. I would have liked to see that nominated. That would have been dope. Yeah. Um what else? I mean, From Dust Till Dawn had amazing. I don't know why Halloween didn't get as well. That's probably like the one of the greatest horror movies ever created. Yeah. I don't see. I don't know what uh, other movies were nominated for Best Picture. And, uh, 
in that year but i mean i don't know if i would have nominated halloween for best picture but at least for like you know some kind of effects category or like or something you know jamie lee curtis best supporting actress or something like something yeah. or loomis for god's sakes donald pleasance yeah best supporting actor yeah dude i don't know i mean i, th- I feel like there's definitely been a lot of snubs throughout the years on it actually the the best makeup category really came out when american werewolf in london won it really so it was like yeah 1981 82 that was like when that category showed up there's been movies that have won for like art direction but really when you look at these movies that have been like nominated or won they're i mean they're just like the best of the best psycho you know what could have really Rosemary's baby could have really won an award if it was like if it was like mainstream incident in a ghost land yeah that was a very like pe- i think like best original rela- screenplay yeah it's been. relatable to like to yeah. a lot of people so like they could have watched that and it, it's a really powerful movie like mm-hmm. honestly horror probably has like the most powerful movies sometimes even more powerful mm-hmm. than a drama because like that's why it's the most interesting genre bro what's what's, what's more drama ho- is like so safe what's more yeah what's more horrifying oh drama someone broke up with you your kid got kidnapped honestly how about horror movie your family being murdered in front of you while they hold your eyes open yeah. you know what i mean when, like, when people were talking to me about like a star is born and uh bohemian rhapsody and stuff like that i was like yeah i'll probably watch it at some point i still haven't watched them because when i see like a horror movie or a comedy that looks more interesting like it's gonna intrigue me and stimulate my brain yeah and not just make me think like hey fuck that guy or like yeah. i start crying because you know Freddie lady Mercury gaga breaks die. up with her boyfriend or whatever like yeah ah, honestly. It, it's just not that it's just not that exciting to me it's not that fucking riveting you know? like as yeah. people make it out to be like so i mean that's why but we really had to get some some horror movies that were i guess more sophisticated i mean because when you think of like stuff like the exorcist and stuff like the science of the lambs a lot of these movies have like directors or actors or actresses that are already pretty like well established and respected you know and the movies themselves again have that air of like not realism but i don't know they just have this more mature i guess kind of presence to them they almost come off as non-horror movies like i said before not the exorcist oh yeah (laughs) obviously but stuff like silence of the lambs you know stuff like that black swan so even get out in some respect i mean then you, you gotta yeah. say even the omen too because there was nothing really scary other than yeah. like coincidental deaths but this is a devil child <laughs> right they never like i mean they kind of made it seem like in the omen at least like and i don't know we just talked about this recently yeah mm-hmm. all this weird stuff is definitely happening but it was never 1000% like, yes, this is Satan's child. This is the Antichrist. Right. It was just more like horrible things happening to people. It could have just all been a coincidence. That's the thing about this. I mean, when you see that 666 on his scalp, though, that's kind of weird. <laughs> that's weird, but that's just there because that's what the script said. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. It's another one of those, uh, the prodigy things, you know? Yeah, yeah. For convenience. It's, just, it's like, yeah, it's like it super arbitrary. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I get you but so i mean i guess that's why the omen wasn't uh nominated for writing oh, yeah, it was nominated for the music yeah the ave satani it did win best original score but it did not win for ave satani oh, for really? some reason yeah which is stupid because that's included in the score yeah that's dumbasses. Like, <laughs> bro that's like the fucking best part of the movie yeah i mean i will say the people at the academy are not 
that smart. They're not bright at all. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that these movies have won, but honestly... Alien got best visual effects. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're... Dude... Uh, and rightfully so i'm surprised yeah. the thing didn't get anything for visual effects i am very the surprised thing, the, as well. dude the thing had some of the best special effects of the 80s if not the best yeah i if mean I, was, I, I think it might have been wasn't it released in 81 yeah i think it was the same year as it was 82 in london yeah it was one of those years but so i don't know it may have lost out to american world from london for all we know but uh but it was. I'd have to research that. But the thing was strongly hated though when it came yeah. out. Oh, dude, I would. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, it really. That's a movie that really developed a cult following, like later on in its life. Cycle, Not just a cult know? following. Now it has like a. Yeah, now it's big following. One of the best. Yeah, because like, it, it was just one of those things, man. Just like Halloween, when Halloween came out by John Carpenter, the first week, they didn't make shit. Then the second week, word of mouth spread, and then the movie became a fucking hit. Yeah. Well, we're going to have to see what happens with horror at the Oscars because the last few years have actually not been super kind, at least in that respect. We had A Quiet Place this year and Get Out last year. Before that, we hadn't seen really any horror movie even be nominated since Black Swan, which was 2010. And before that, Pan's Labyrinth, 2006. Before that, The Sixth Sense, 1999. And that was the last time before black swan that a horror movie had been even nominated for best picture so pretty wild (laughs) and we haven't seen one since you know last year hopefully we see one again i I think there are gonna be some good horror movies coming out this year so honestly i would like to see better representation at next year's oscars i hope so yeah but if the trend follows then maybe uh some of the adults from it chapter two will get some awards <laughs> yeah could be i mean i think if that movie is really good i think it's going to be like really good you know so i hope so at least makeup or something because there's some crazy shit that happens in like the second part of the book as we kind of know you know but i think i think horror is headed in the right direction if it wants to be oscar worthy because as we've seen from previous n- nominees and winners you kind of have to be more along that, you know, drama kind of fence. Oh, yeah. You know, but that's how I mean, Black Swan was. So. Yeah. Stuff like Hereditary. I mean, it's it's already kind of heading back in that direction. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. There has to be some sort of like family struggle, I would say, mm-hmm. for anything to get nominated. Family or like romantic struggle or financial struggle. Mm-hmm it never has to do with like losing your life like it's never something that serious yeah i think people are just scared of horror films like i talk to some people that don't like horror movies why don't you like them because you can't sleep at night that means you're (laughs) dude i don't know i mean a lot of people just view it as like an inferior kind of thing i don't know that's i guess that's the perception but it is changing i mean that's why I, i i do like where horror is at because perception of it is changing like you know you're still allowed to do like monster movies and cheesy movie like dude bro party massacre three yeah. that was actually dope you know like you're still allowed to do stuff like that but you know if you want to be oscar worthy you gotta be a little more sophisticated you know? i think so yeah so that that's what i think is probably gonna win the next at least nomination for a horror movie for like best picture or something but uh i mean we'll we'll just have to see where it goes from here hopefully yeah two years back to back though there's been at least one horror movie 
that's been nominated. That's not bad. So I'm gonna call it right now. Us is gonna get a nomination. Dude, yeah, I hope so. Probably I, for either best actor or best actress. Yeah. Actually I think that's pretty that's pretty safe because I mean they're both really good. Yeah. And even the kids, like it could be a supporting actor or actress thing. Who knows? Maybe even score. Yeah. Something. I mean it again, it is an original screenplay. Yeah. So shit, he might win two years back to back, you know, who knows? That would be crazy and unheard of. Speaking of which though, Jordan Peele was, of course, uh the first black screenwriter to win the uh, original screenplay award. And that is really important. And we're gonna be talking about uh pretty much that subject in this week's chopping block. This week's chopping block, we have not exactly a film, but a new horror documentary that we have talked about before, Horror Noir. Yes, yes, yes. Includes appearances from Jordan Peele, Tony Todd, amongst others, and Mm -hmm. even the director of Tales from the Crypt, The Demon Knight. Ernest Dickerson? Yes, he was in there. Uh, We had uh, the guy from... um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, The Dream Warriors. I remember him, yeah. Yeah, he was in there. We had Keith David, of course. Legendary. William Crane, who uh, directed Blackula. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a bunch of people. Ken Forey, Richard Lawson, uh, Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Is he from Friday Part 5? He He's, was he... from Return uh, from the Living Dead. Miguel Return A. Living Nunez? Dead. Yep, with the bandana and the, the leather jacket. Right? Remembering correctly, I think. I swear he has to be from Friday the 13th, part 5. He might be. He might be. I think he is. One of these guys is from Friday, part 5. I don't have their... Uh, oh, fuck. He was... Juana Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was. He was Demon in A New Beginning. Yeah, that's him. Okay. Yeah, yep. that's him. I remember his his brother was Reggie Reckless in Friday the 13th, <laughs> part 5. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, some some true, like, horror icons here, you know. Tony Todd perhaps being one of the biggest, of course, Ken, Ken Forey. And then we had a bunch of like, like scholars. Um, there were a couple of people that ran like horror websites, like blogs and stuff like that. Authors, you know, so it's, uh, it, it was a really cool lineup of people. I thought everybody was really knowledgeable on, on horror and, and black people in horror because that's what this whole documentary was about. It was about the history of, of black people in horror movies. and But it, it kind of transcended that, you know? It was, it was about that, yes, but it also was just really talking about how black culture was at, at multiple points in history, you know? Yeah, because we started off, uh, even black people in the earliest like points in cinema they weren't even played by black people. Yeah. It was just like white characters in blackface trying to like get with white women and then the kkk mm-hmm. comes and you remember that shit yeah like birth of a nation and yeah, stuff. That, yeah and then and then finally you know black people finally started being actual black people in the movies but they would make them like fucking voodoo priests and yeah. really negative like, views like servants or like basically or like, like if they didn't want to put black people in the movie they would just like make the antagonist like a creature and it would be just like right yeah a darker creature like yeah i think they well they they talked about king kong a little bit because obviously that wasn't a black person but uh you know it was uh, perceived as king kong the ape 
was you know intended to like be the the black menace you know that's destroying yeah the black person as yeah basically and that was one of the movies that was highlighted but they talked about a bunch of different ones there was one i I think they even talked about like creature from the black lagoon yeah kind of because they they portrayed the creature with like these big lips and stuff like that and you know it was like the 30s and 40s so i mean obviously there was a shit ton of of segregation and racism oh yeah against black people back then uh but you know and then so they, they talked about that that was super interesting because i really didn't connect a lot of that stuff especially not to horror movies yeah no really, i never you know? even thought about that yeah. like, and, and that's the crazy part i mean us as white people like we know we don't really consider that when we're watching these movies but yeah no but but when you think about like when a lot of these movies were made and like how a lot of people were racist mm. back in the days when you kind of learn that it kind of like oh man it kind of yeah. i wouldn't say ruin, ruins it but like it makes you look at things like super differently oh yeah i mean ever since i really started thinking about that stuff when i watched other movies like casablanca and even the old bond films how they were misogynistic and stuff like that i mean i, I have started noticing more things like that and i mean i'm this this documentary is definitely going to make me think about a lot of horror movies like uh, very differently the the thing i really i like that they pointed this out there's always like a black person willing to like risk their lives for like white mm-hmm. people like and that's like their whole main purpose in the movie like that one lady committing suicide in annabelle yeah i i never thought about that and that was a great fucking point and now i won't be able to stop thinking yeah, about yeah, that you so won't be able to ever watch it without n- thinking about now that. i'll be able to like pinpoint it mm-hmm. like anytime it happens like it wasn't night of the living dead where like black dudes in charge he's like no you do what i say or you get the fuck out yeah dwayne jones yeah it was it was more like a my sole purpose is to make sure you mm-hmm. stay okay and that kind of goes back to like the older movies where like black people were like played as servants and right you know field workers and shit like that like all that mm-hmm. yeah dude the old night, fucked up shit night of living dead was really like the first movie where the the black person was the hero yeah where they were like the lead you know so it was revolutionary and that was at the very end of like the 60s so we get into the 70s and you know this is basically how the documentary sort of progresses really kind of highlights these particular moments in time and talks about uh, a few specific movies from that like era so after uh, Night of Living Dead, we had the 70s, we had civil rights protests going on in America, you know, the entire civil rights movement, war protests, you know. So it was the perfect time to make these black exploitation movies like Blackula and all that kind of stuff, just portraying black people as, you know, a completely different light as you know, ass-kicking gangsters and stuff. I mean, they even pointed out though that even these movies didn't exactly paint them in a good light because they were a lot of times they were uh portrayed as like pimps and pimps stuff like and that hoes and stuff yeah and he, i remember one of them mentioned one time a white guy walked up to him and was like yeah you look like a pimp thinking mm-hmm. that was a compliment when really yeah. it's like it's not i think keith david was the one who said that yeah it was it was yeah i mean it's 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 absolutely crazy that whole era happened and i actually really liked that segment of the documentary i thought that was cool because i have seen blackula and that was one of the big ones and that was one of the better ones too because it was directed by william crane a black man who was like the only black person on that set i was really intrigued when he was telling that story you know and uh yeah he just made a film about this like sophisticated black couple who 
you know, get basically fucked over by the white man, and then he's a vampire. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he's the antagonist. But it was it was interesting. Blackula was more like a positive movie for black people. I know, yeah. Like, the other ones, like, I can't think of off the top, top of my head, but, like, the ones where they're played as pimps and all that, you know, gangster shit, like, and that makes society see them as that because people don't know what society's really like because they don't interact with everyone so mm. they go to like hollywood and the movies to see like oh what's so and so you know what kind of people would they be like and then right. they kind of take these movies a little too literally and they be like oh black people are pimps and gangsters and they get this sort of like skewed view of them just just through hollywood and even nowadays like it's through social media and shit like that so yeah and i mean honestly like that movie was kind of right after night of the living dead of course was kind of affirming to people that like black people even if they're the antagonist they can have like a, a main role in a movie you yeah know? and it was really, and it was cool to see a horror movie do that because you can argue that blackula kind of helped launch this whole black exploitation era and then we got to the 80s and everything was fucked again because black people were always dying first. Yeah, in like slasher <laughs> films. But they also yeah. said that's kind of like a common misconception. Like mm-hmm. there's like a lot of black people that like made it to second to last or yeah. like they made it through the middle of the movie, but they still got fucking killed in like most of these slashers. I would definitely say there's like a higher percentage where they do get killed first or second or, you know, whatever. But I mean... Yeah, they're, they're hard. it's not like literally every movie. I think in real life, black people would survive more than white people because they don't do what we call quote-unquote white people shit. <laughs> Dumb white like, people And shit. like they, they, they showed that in Haunted House. Like yeah. when Marlon Wayans found out the house is haunted, he's like, mm-mm, we getting the fuck out of here. And then he, he, he still he, fucked that doll though. Yeah. But I can't he, forget him. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he brought in the, the moving van and he, he was ready to go, but he couldn't sell the house in that market. But... Yeah. See, honestly, like, because this is white people, right? Let's say it's a Friday the 13th movie. And they're like, yeah. Hello? <laughs> I'm going to get naked and take a shower. What's going on? <laughs> Black person walks into a cabin. No one's there. <laughs> nope. Walks out. Leaves. Yeah. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But no, I mean. We always got to investigate and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they did talk about that though but yeah again they did kind of invalidate it like you know there there have been pe- black people who have survived and but for the most part they yeah reggie was a survivor in friday the 13th oh, part yeah. five yeah he was at, if it wasn't for him they'd all be dead though mm-hmm. but then he almost he hit he hit roy with the truck he tack he jumped off the thing and drop kicked <laughs> him almost out of the barn until you know roy somehow hung on to the barn grabbed right. his leg and then tommy cut him up but Reggie still survived and he like dealt out damage so mm-hmm. oh yeah he was badass for sure but you know again like that was the 80s and then as they progress through you know we start getting into uh an era of, of wider acceptance where we see stuff like Candyman come out yeah it becomes like a smash hit and, and an absolute icon he's a villain yeah but he's still this black character in a movie and he was a former slave, and you know he's he was done wrong. Yeah, now he's going after uh, you know the white man because he got yeah. fucking lynched and shit, and he got his hand cut off for pursuing a white chick. Yeah, although I do like this though because you know the whole uh, like black male going after a white female thing, like we discussed, was a big trope back in like the 30s, 40s, and stuff. You know. Oh yeah. And 
Candyman kind of brought that back. So I think you can kind of, it's, it's pretty easy to tell that it was like done by a white person. Oh yeah. You know? And I never, dude, I never thought about it like that. So I, I didn't either until I watched this. Exactly. Like, like it's just kind of crazy how many different perspectives like just can exist by watching. Cause like when I see movies where like, like Annabelle, like, or like movies mm-hmm. where like the black character helps out the white character so they don't die. I never saw that as them like serving them or their whole purpose. was. I saw them as more selfless than us. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like they would risk themselves for us and that, they risk themselves for anyone. I mean, yeah. I mean, when my dad came to America, he didn't speak any English. Mm. Black family took him in. He lived with them for like two years. He stayed with them till he like saved up. They taught him English. They taught him like how to drive and shit. And they got mm. him a job. And like eventually he saved up and then he bought, you know, a house on Poland Street, you know. Right, right. And then, you know, he learned how to, you know, live in a society. So, yeah. No, I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And I, I love it too because. Uh, pretty much all of these interviewees really didn't pull any punches. You know, they 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 would praise Candyman and then they would knock it down. Oh yeah, for you know, and and they were being completely truthful. You know, it was a it was a proper analysis, and you know they weren't afraid because that's essentially what this whole documentary was about. You know, it was really getting into like the nitty gritty of what was real. You know, like, exactly. There are a lot of movies that really just look down on on the black person and then you know we slowly had more and more movies that would paint them in in a positive picture as heroes as as you know just good people you know yeah and and not as like servants and all that shit that they used to do exactly and get out changed everything oh yeah dude the last few years i mean have been really good we got stuff like attack the block the girl with all the gifts get out get out of course was was the most different because it pretty much directly addressed the whole issue of racism oh yeah that was the whole thing but you know a lot of these other movies really just kind of had black people as the heroes in the lead roles you know so definitely very good representation over the last few years especially but yeah get out was just game changing jordan peele actually has really great answers to a lot of questions in horror noir this documentary yeah i love everything he said and the man's the man's smart as fuck oh, i yeah. don't care what any of these fucking rob zombie fans say about him and and if you if you're not a racist and you really listen to like what he said and why he made get out and why he did the things that he did and made creative decisions like like letting uh the main character live at the end of the movie mm-hmm. and the other black man comes and saves him exactly know, like his friend and you know that wasn't a decision that he originally would have made because they even said it you know it wouldn't have been surprising to people if the, exactly if yeah if cops came and busted him and like or like shot him to death right yeah. there you know but he didn't want to make that decision because he wanted to inspire the black community and he definitely did i mean get out was the most talked about horror movie in the last few years at least yeah honestly so yeah horror noir is an amazing documentary super informative a lot of stuff uh, that i bet you definitely didn't know oh yeah if you come out of this knowing everything that they talked about i applaud you right (laughs) but you probably won't and so it's super informational it's very informative if you approach it with an unbiased objective mindset 
I think you're going to have a really great time, especially if you've seen a lot of these films. And I was even introduced to movies that I have never heard of before. Yeah, same. So that was pretty cool. I, I like that uh, they briefly mentioned Urban Legends too, because I, yeah. I always mention that, that security guard lady being like the true hero of that movie. Oh, yeah. She was in, she was in this. Oh, she yeah. was an interviewee. She was dope. Honestly, if she hadn't shot that crazy bitch, they'd all be dead. <laughs> That's true, yeah. She Period. saved everybody. Period. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody, obviously. Every, well, <laughs> well, not the dead people. Who but survived. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, guys. So if you want to see this, you got to get Shutter. but they're not endorsing us. It's five bucks a month. It's a great service. Yeah, we just like Shutter. We'll always give them yeah, shout outs because exactly. fucking love Shutter. And uh, this one is not chopped for me. No, definitely not chopped. Check it out. You're going to learn a lot of shit that you had no fucking idea because there was a lot of shit that I had. I had no idea. Yeah. We didn't even talk about probably half or three-fourths of it so. yeah i didn't want to like yeah. just ramble on but but it, was, it had a good structure had a good flow really just kind of chronologically took you through the history and that made complete sense nothing was confusing you know so let us know your guys' thoughts i mean i'm pretty sure that some people are uh not going to agree with us but that's fine we'd love to talk to you guys about it you can reach us on our social media platforms facebook instagram and twitter just search for Grave Discussions or Grave Disc SRD on the Twitters. And we have a website as well, gravediscussions.net. The only way you shouldn't be able to visit our website is if you misspell it. Yeah. And if you misspell it, I don't want you on my site anyway. Get out of here. <laughs> you should be able to Google it, though, even if you're not a good speller. Use the voice can, command. You can still come to the website. Use the voice command. There you go. So, yeah, go check us out, guys. Let us know what you think. And about the episode as well. We're always looking to improve, of course, if you have any feedback or suggestions. And that's going to wrap it up for episode 50. Yes. And join us on episode uh, Cinco Uno next week on Grave Discussion. <laughs> <laughs>